0: Welcome to Are You Afraid of Ghosts? This is episode one, where each week I will be telling true stories of encounters with ghosts, haunted houses, and strange experiences. I started this podcast because I have always had a fascination with ghosts and any story that has been deemed true. I always am glued to somebody that's telling a scary story or anything that's along those lines. Um, I've asked friends and family to send me true ghost stories they've experienced to my email specifically for this podcast, so I hope that you like them. Now let me tell you a little bit about myself. Um, My name is Jessica. Um, I am not a ghost hunter. I don't seek ghosts out. I don't do Ouija boards because they freak me out, and I don't follow black magic or anything crazy. I do, however, love Halloween. I'm a huge Tim Burton fan. Um, I've always had a thing for creepy and mysterious things in general. So I used to watch Matlock (laughs) with, if you guys have ever watched Matlock, I used to watch Matlock with my best friend in fourth grade. Um, I was the weirdest kid. I loved movies like Dr. Giggles, Candyman, all that spooky stuff. I would watch Unsolved Mysteries. I loved the ID channel and true, true crime. Um, But I'm still drawn to ghost stories because it's not like a murder with like DNA and evidence. There's always a story, a mystery of the unknown. There's not always proof. And a lot of people don't believe. So I'm here to make you a believer. My first story is a personal experience I had that made me a true believer. Back in 2007 or 2006, it might have been, I believe. I don't remember. I'm old now. So (laughs) leave me alone. I was single and just meeting new people. Um I, I met up with a couple friends, at this local bar we nicknamed the Wrinkle Ranch. Don't ask. If you're local, you know exactly what bar I'm talking about. Anywho, I met this nice guy named Jeremy. I knew we would, he wouldn't mind me telling this story with his real name because there's nothing bad about it. So, <coughs> excuse me. We hit it off and decided to hang out in New Hope, PA, if you guys know where that is, for some karaoke. He came there with friends, so I told him I would take him home after that, so he didn't have to worry about going home with his friends. He gave me directions to his house on the way, and I pulled up to this house, and let me just start with, it. I thought it was an amusement park. Um, I thought, this is not this guy's house. It was weird looking. It had weird sliding boards, like kind of in the middle of the land. It was like this big patch of grass, and then you look, and there's these two huge, I mean, I don't even know how many feet up it was but they were not normal like playground sliding, sliding boards. And I'm like, what the hell is this? The driveway was long. The house looked like an abandoned bed and breakfast kind of style. It had big windows, a gazebo, old steps that led up to the house, little lanterns that barely led the way, you know, lit up the way. And it had nothing but dark trees all around it. So, did I mention it was dark? Uh, I was pretty sure I would get murdered. So, being the young idiot that I was, I went in to hang out and listen to some of his songs. So, a little background about him, he was the lead singer of a local band. The house had old Victorian-style furniture. It had various levels and stairs. And then there were some normal rooms, uh, just kind of like, you know, the living room and such. He lived with his dad, and he said his dad was sleeping. So, I said, okay, no problem, since we were just going to listen to some of the music that he wrote. He wrote his own song, so we sat in the office area and just jammed out for a little bit. It was after midnight by now. We were laughing, and I was listening to him sing and play the guitar. So just picture this. He was sitting close to the wall in front of his computer, and I was sitting in a chair near the open office door. I know you can't answer this, but have you ever had someone walk past you, but you didn't look up, but you can kind of see them in your peripheral vision? Like someone on the corner of your eye just completely walked by, but you just didn't look up. It happens all the time. So anyway, I was looking at him and someone walked clear as day past the door of the office. It didn't scare me because he lived with his dad. So my natural response was, you know, uh, like, crap. Like, did we wake your dad up? He didn't stop in here and like say hello or anything. So the Jeremy's face went white. He said, you can see them too. Then my heart dropped. I said, what? That wasn't your dad? He said, No, this house is haunted. I said, Excuse me? So I was so freaked out that I froze. Um, He proceeded to tell me that he has lived there for years and there are a couple of people that still, quote unquote, live in the house. I was like, Oh my God. So I was a little bit scared, but I said, Kind of like, tell me more. He said, Oh, they've been there since I was little. A little girl lives here, an older lady, and a man. He said, they don't bother anyone, but they do show up often. He said, sometimes lights would go on and off. Forks would fly across the kitchen, which would freak me out. I don't know about him. And, you know, much more. I was terrified, yet I was frozen with fear and was scared to leave the house because, did I mention, it was dark outside. So I said, um, like, excuse me. He just told me this house is haunted. So can we please leave this room, go watch TV or something? I'm really freaked out. And he was saying, you know, sure thing, like there's nothing to be scared of. I mean, he was a little too calm about it. Like he hung out with the ghosts on the weekend or something. I don't really know, but I didn't even want to hear anymore. We went to another room next to the office, watched some TV. All of a sudden, of course, I had to go to the bathroom really bad. Great. I would have to leave this room by myself. So I actually asked him, I said, can you please like come with me? He's like, you'll be fine. Just go out of the room. Like, no, no one's going to hurt you. So I'm like, whatever. Didn't want to be like too much of a scaredy cat. So I contemplated, you know, holding it for the next few hours. And he's like, you'll be fine. So I finally built up the courage to run to the bathroom. Then the creepiest thing happened as if I wasn't already creeped out enough. I opened the door and the hallway we had just come from Um, in the, you know, the office area from the office to this room was freezing and it was freezing to the point of, I felt like I was in a walk-in freezer. So if you've ever worked in a restaurant and you have to go back and get some, you know, Thousand Island dressing or something, and you are freezing, it was that cold. And keep in mind, it was not like that when we walked from the office to the bedroom. It was not normal and it was not air conditioning. Trust me. I knew what that meant because I'd heard ghost stories before that when it gets really cold, that means there's something, you know, paranormal or something going on. So I ran to the bathroom so fast. I never ran so fast in my life. I ran back to the room. At first, I went to the bathroom so fast. I don't even remember it. I ran back to the room and said, I am seriously too scared to leave. (laughs) So I actually slept there because I didn't want to move. Like that's how horrified I was. So now relax. We were just friends. We were dating. Get your mind out of the gutter because irrelevant. I was terrified. It was not very romantic. So I wake up super early and left so damn fast. I went, (laughs) I only went back once after that. It was only for a little bit, maybe like a couple hours. And I was still scared. So it was just one of those things where I just did not want to be there. Um, he did give me a tour of the house, uh, before we had gone to the office. I didn't mention this earlier, but he did give me a a tour and the tour was kind of a, you know, Hey, like this is what the house is all about. You know, I grew up here and so, you know, etc. So it wasn't anything crazy. He could have mentioned it was haunted forever before I even sat in that office, but whatever, maybe he didn't want to scare me away. So anyway, um, he ended up moving to Vegas, which he had mentioned he was going to do before. So he ended up moving to Vegas with his dad and they said, uh, they may end up selling the place as a bed and breakfast in the future. So all I could think of was I will make sure everyone knows it's haunted because <laughs> it freaked me out. I didn't know anything about the history of the house. So I looked it up today and you can actually find it by researching, um, Bucks County. So it is in Bucks County. It's on the Bucks County history uh, website. And you, I actually searched because I could not, I, I was trying to explain to my coworkers this story that I was going to share. And I said, you guys don't need, you guys need to see what the house looks like. So you really need to be able to picture how weird it was when I pulled up for the first time on top of the fact that it's haunted. So I searched weird houses in Wrightstown, PA. So that is where it is. It's the weird house in Wrightstown, PA. Um, you'll see it right away. It looks like weird sliding boards. It has a little bit of like castle features. There's a bridge that doesn't go anywhere. It's crazy looking. So everyone in the area seems to know this house well. Um, but since I grew up in the Levittown area, I knew nothing of that house until that night. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the backstory because I was so interested about the actual house. I was trying to figure out how all this started and why is there weird slides in the middle of the, the grass and whatever. So this is a little bit about the house. As a young man, Martin Moister be, uh, built a successful steel company in Philadelphia and in 1919 at age 33 purchased the six acre lot It's on 2nd Street Pike in Wrightstown Township with his wife, Anna Francis, and the Moisters soon had children. So they added this playground and a pool for their family to play in. Now keep in mind, it was so dark, I didn't even see a pool. So they also added a gazebo complete with Mercer tiles for themselves. By the time Anna and Martin passed away in 1969, they had 11 grandchildren and 12 great-grandchildren frolicking on the property. Eventually, the estate was divided and sold. The gatehouse now belongs to one owner, the gazebo to another, and the main house and playground to still another. That's how big this place was. The Bucks County Courier Times published this article on the property um, on August 24, 1977. There were some fact, fact uh, discrepancies listed, but here's the gist of it. So this was also featured in weird, uh, like weird places in Pennsylvania. So many legends have grown up around the strange estate on the banks of the Neshaminy Creek near the old chain bridge in Wrightstown. To local residents and passing motorists on heavily trafficked Second Street, traveled 2nd Street Pike, the scene is quite familiar. Back from the road, behind a cover of foliage, stand a pair of bizarre sliding boards, suspended over a weed-filled pond bed. Nearby, gaudy gazebos and ornate fountains spout more weeds as signs of a tarnished elegance. According to local lore, the old estate in Wrightstown once belonged to an eccentric millionaire who built an amusement park dedicated to the Macabre. False, said Wolfgang. Lorbeer, excuse me for jacking up these names, 32, who purchased the Stone House and Grounds last year. If the late Martin Moister, a designer, constructed an amusement park, it was for his own private amusement, as says Lorbeer. As a matter of fact, the new owner claims, Moister, who built his estate in the 1930s, installed the weird slides and fountains as his own expensive lawn toys. Lorbeer has lived there with his family of three since last September. During that time, he has had his share of unwelcome visitors who ignore the no trespassing signs to satisfy their curiosity about the place. Once, he had to chase away a couple who were picnicking on his lawn. Friends have asked Lorbeer why would he buy a place which attracts such impromptu attention from the uninvited. Because I'm an idiot, he tells them in his mild German accent, with with charm. Lorbeer came to this country five years ago with his American wife. Together they live in the Spanish-style, Moisture-designed house on the property. The house is nestled into the side of a hill overlooking the Neshamene. The house contains various electronic gadgets and inventions conjured up in Moisture's fertile imagination. He just liked to do things in a big way said Mrs. Mrs. Lorbeer of the designer. When the new owners moved in last September, they discovered many devices stashed in a maze of secret compartments throughout the house. One gadget consists of five multicolored fluorescent lights arranged on end around a rotating carousel. Moisture also installed timing devices throughout the huge home for electrical and heating systems. Mystery Shrouds, the estate's founder, as it shrouds his strange elect- eclectic st- uh, tastes excuse me according to lorbeer his business was electronics lorbeer also believes he operated a sheet metal and concrete business on the side so weird ornaments moister used these materials to construct the weird lawn ornaments he was an engineering genius During the 1930s, Moisture designed the artificial pond outside the house. He pumped in water from nearby Neshamie Creek to fill it through a specially designed piping and pump system. The pump house sits fully intact to this day at the edge of the creek. Moisture's tastes were expensive as well as strange, according to Lord Beer. Today it would cost over a million dollars to construct this place in material costs alone, he said overlooking the estate. He estimated it would cost over $60,000 to restore the seven-and-one-half-acre site to its former luster. Lorbeer purchased the estate in its rundown condition for a hefty $90,000. New Owner The new owner, a Newtown wallpaper and paint contractor, said he had visions of restoring the estate when he bought it. However, the financial and physical burdens that would impose would have him change his mind. Lorbeer intends to sell the moisture home soon, he and his family plan to resettle in an old Victorian home which will take less effort to restore. Just last June, the whole place was straightened out, he lamented, while surveying the moisture estate. We cleared away all the weeds. A month later, all the weeds were back. I'm going bananas. So this was really interesting, and I was reading some of the comments. A lot of people have always wondered about this place, but I wanted to skip down a little bit to a comment by a, a man named Thomas. Now, Thomas, I mentioned that Jeremy was the person I hung out with. Thomas was his brother. Thomas had commented on this particular article that I found, so Small World. And Thomas says, I lived here with my brother Jeremy and my parents from 1981 until 2009, had many crazy parties and good times. My father bought it and we were sad to leave. Flooding was the reason we sold it. We named it the Coventry Estate when we lived there. And yes, it was haunted. Weird stuff happened. One day at my pool, a lady was sitting near it saying her dead daughter would meet her there on rare occasions. By all to everyone who had a chance to hang with the family back then, you know, hello, how are you? What's up? So a lot of people have really been crazy um, intrigued about this place. And I know that um, there was also a comment about, um, Lenora Moister Wilkins. So she said, nope on all that stuff. Martin Moister was my grandfather. So she's kind of contradicting the article. I lived in the carriage house with my family from the time I was born in 49. Horace, son of Martin, was my father. Grandpop just liked beautiful things. And when we lived there, the place was beautiful. It was always kept up. We as a family did the repairs. I was up there about 12 years ago and was reduced to tears by the deplorable condition. I used to cut the grass with my dad and it took us two days to cut the grass, trim the hedges, and trim the payments. I don't think the guy that sold it in September ever did a thing. I have an oil painting from of the pool from 1945 when it was a dream. The gardens were beautiful, the trees were all taken care of, and the fountains worked. It was live, like living in Disney World. Just had a vent. I loved living there with the rest of my family. So <clears throat> the, the part about it being haunted, I mean, I'm really creeped out by it. And I think a lot of people, because it was such an old house, that a lot of people really don't know the history of it. And I think that if it was um, purchased you know, so long ago, There were probably, I don't really know the deaths of the people. I'm going to do some more research on it. So I will update you once I find out the research of who died there. Um, But I'm really, really intrigued about it. But I wanted to share with you my story because I think that we all have that story that's a little hidden. And I think it's important to share because stuff is creepy. Creepy. So at the end of every episode, what I will do is I will share one of your um, ghost stories. So I I love this because I already had some friends share some with me and I'm going to read what they've sent me. So this one comes from Lisa. She's in New Jersey. So she said, hi, I'm not sure if this is as spooky as it is just eerie and odd. Anyway, my dad passed away when I was 17. I always felt he was with me, especially when I drove. I used to have Sirius Radio in my old Honda Civic, so I used up all my programmable spaces, and it would beep to alert me of a song or artist I saved, so I would never miss my favorites. It would beep and then show in writing the song name. I know what she's talking about because I used to program stuff. That way, I could know what it was before I switched to what I, you know, switched to that um, from what I was already listening to. One day, it beeps, and I look, and it says, Elvis lives forever. Only I never programmed anything Elvis-related. And my dad was a well-known Elvis lover. It was probably his favorite artist. Ever since that day, my Sirius radio never worked the same. They say ghosts can communicate through electronics, which is why lights and TVs are and such are often connected in ghost stories. So it would beep every minute for random songs I never programmed. It got so bad I actually had to get rid of the system altogether. That is super creepy. So she was totally okay with me sharing that. I think that is crazy and I would have gotten rid of it too. Okay, the next story she shared too with me. She said in high school I had a boyfriend spend the night in a spare bedroom of course. We lived across the street from a small airport, so we often heard loud noises from people on intercoms or radios. Anyway, I went to wake him up, and there he was, already up, laying in bed with a shocked and scared look on his face. I said, what's up? He asked, do you have an intercom in your house? I reminded him we were across from an airport, so he said, someone said, if you aren't part of the Martin household, get out. I laughed it off and chalked it up to a dream. Then I thought harder and my grandfather who died when I was in preschool had throat cancer and spoke through one of those speaker things you hold to your throat, which I believe is called a stoma. That spare room was often a room in our house that was thought to be haunted by him. I guess it was true after all. And I don't think he wanted any boys to be spending the night. Love it. Love it, Lisa lots of Lisa stories. Okay. So I have another Lisa and is a completely different person, which I love. Thank you for sharing. So this is Lisa's other story, or I'm sorry, new Lisa's story. She said, so when my husband and I were first together, our daughter was a baby. We lived in the tiny apartment in a house that was converted into apartments and a beauty salon in Abington, Pennsylvania. It was one of the original houses that we built as a vacation home for Willow Grove Park. We lived there for a few years, and at first we never noticed anything out of the ordinary. After a while, we would notice weird things like we would come home from being out, and the kitchen and bathroom faucets would be on full blast. Or my makeup mirror would be open and the light on. We thought we were nuts, so before we would leave the house, we would double check that all faucets were off and the makeup mirror was off and shut. We would come home and they would be on and open. Then my husband had a vision of an old woman with long hair in a night, in a white nightgown walking through the apartment. He woke me up at like 2 a.m. and we left the house. We stayed at my mom's that night. Since we were so freaked out to go back, we brought his parents' dog over to the house because we believe animals have a sense about spirits and would let us know if it was safe to stay there. Molly would just stare and growl at nothing, so it was pretty freaky. We decided to check with the other tenants of the property. The girl who lived under us and the salon owner both reported weird happenings as well. We also spoke with some of the old neighbors who told us of the story of the woman who owned the house originally. She built the top apartment that we lived in so she could bring her sick mother there to live so she could care for her, but the neighbors told us that the woman was neglected and left there to die, and they could hear her moaning and crying all night long, every night. Eventually, she died in the apartment. Once we knew the story and knew she was a harmless spirit, we felt much better about living there, but did move shortly after all this happened. It was super small, and we needed more room. It's not super scary, but certainly freaked us out while we were living there. That's crazy, Lisa. Thank you so much for sharing, and that's exactly what we're looking for. So if you have any personal stories, true ghost stories that you'd like to share, please send them to our podcast email, which is are you afraid of ghosts with an S at the end at gmail.com. So are you afraid of ghosts at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And I am hoping that you're not too scared to go to sleep. Bye.